Hey, you scruffy-looking nerf herders. Welcome to Records of the Republic, a podcast where we talk about all things Star Wars, from canon to the EU to Legends content and more. We are your hosts, Wade and Kevin, and we're going to make the jump to light speed as we try to tackle today's topic of conversation with you. Strap yourself in, and don't get cocky, as we embark on this journey together into the Star Wars universe. Hey guys, welcome back. As you guys know by now, my name is Wade, and I am one half of the Records of the Republic. I am joined by Kevin. Kevin, say hi. What's up, everybody? So, we are trying out some new equipment. I don't know, well, it may not be new for Kevin, for but my equipment's new. Um, I just recently purchased a nicer mic. I purchased one a little while ago. Um, that did not work, as we found out. A little bummed out by that. So I returned it and bought a completely different setup. And so we're going to see how this turns out. See if you guys hear me better. Not that you want to. I don't know. You may like the sound of my voice. Maybe you don't. But we're here, and we are talking Star Wars today. We have a lot of fun stuff to cover. Kevin, first of all, how was your week, man? Week was good. I think last time I let everybody in on how tough of a week it was no sleep you know work was nuts but this week has been almost the opposite um getting some good sleep which feels really good uh the the babies for like the first time in her life i think we've got five days in a row for sleeping all the way through the night um massive win and it came on the heels of her having like some of the worst nights that she's had so very very glad about that um, yeah, that's always a, a refreshing milestone to hit. Well, the problem, I, it's not really a problem. It's, I guess it's a trade-off and a very worthwhile trade-off. But because she's sleeping through the night, she's waking up a little bit earlier, which isn't the end of the world during the week because it's only like 15, 20 minutes before I have to get up anyways, but it's going to stink on the weekends. Sure. Um, but my work's, my uh, my week's been good. Work has been busy. It's our busy season still, but not quite as, as crazy. I've had a little bit more free time. Um, Coming to the tail end of busy season? Not quite. I think this week has just been a little bit more business as usual. So uh, okay. my team is really busy, and I'm busy. I'm just not, like, wall-to-wall dealing with stuff and not getting to what I was trying to get to for the day. Sure. Um, Jess and I started watching the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. We love those. Probably we probably go on a, a run two times a year. Um, we never get past the third one though. We always try to, but they're just so long, and it seems like there's such a dip in the quality after the third one that we try to, and we just we just don't finish it. The third one was at World's End. Yeah, right? third one's good. Third one's good, but I don't remember. I don't even know the names of any. Do we have, what, one or two past that? There's five total, I think. One of them is, like, On Stranger Tides. And the other one, I don't really remember. Uh, I just, I don't know. I've just heard that they're not worth it. And uh, I, for some reason, trust people. But one day, I will watch them. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, it's it's been a good week. How about you, Wade? Man, it's been crazy. Management training with the company has been awesome, but Wednesday I had a day where I was doing nothing but crawl space work. I mean, for one whole house. So we were down in the crawl space, and thankfully, I mean, the clearance was like three and a half, four feet tall, so, you know, my big butt could get in there and move around. But, dude, it was miserable. We had to clean out all of the debris, so any rocks, any bricks, extra metal, wood, stuff like that, and the old vapor barrier. We had to tear all of that out, and then we treated the wood for fungus, um, and we had to do that twice. So we had to go the length of the crawl space, the length and depth of the crawl space, twice just to do that. And then from there, we had to install a dehumidifier, and then what else did we do? We put a new vapor barrier in, and I think the vent covers. 
So we were there at one house for the majority of the day, just working in the crawl space. You know what? So. You know what really makes you and people that you work with a different breed. People are like What's afraid that? of crawl spaces and basements and stuff because they're dark, tight spaces, bugs. You're going in there knowing that there's like. If I go down to my basement, I know there's probably bugs around, but like I probably won't see them. I turn the light on. They they're not interested in me. You're going into the fire. You know you're going to see some creepy crawlies in there. Dude, it is not fun. I mean, sometimes it is, but, you know, I had one crawl space I went into a few months ago where I found literally three separate snake skins. And <laughs> for me, like, these are, they, they were full snake skins, too. It wasn't like one snake skin that had been partially torn here and there. And You're going into the chamber three, of secrets. Yeah, dude, it was, it was like way more than, and what's worse for me, like, if I get into a crawl space, I'm okay if I can see from a distance a snake and know it's there, but it's way worse when you get into a crawl space and all you can find are the snake skins that are left hanging around. Yeah, so, no thanks. Just, nah. I'll take well, my nice but, work from home job. Yeah, this other crawl space, though, that I was in Wednesday, I mean, it really wasn't too bad at all. Um, I really enjoyed it. So, for the most part. I mean, it was back-breaking. Yeah. I got home, and I was just exhausted. I laid out on the couch, and I'm like, I'm not doing anything. I'm putting Star Wars on, <laughs> and that's it. I'm probably going to sleep through half of What'd it. What'd you watch? And I did. Uh, Mandalorian. Nice. Which? Yeah, I've been reworking. Uh, I had just started Season 2 again. Cool. Uh, just kind of trying to work myself through it, and then I'm trying to get through Book of Boba Fett before Mando Season 3 comes out in less than two weeks. Oh, you can so, do it. Yeah, I know I can. It's just, do I want to devote that much time to watching all of that before? I mean, yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> but, I, you know, Bad Batch was fun this week, and we'll get into a little bit of that later. But first... Kevin, I'm going to have some fun here at your expense, and I do apologize for this. But I, so I was at this consignment. I don't know if it's a consignment store or what it's called, but the name of it's Ollie's. And we're not sponsored by Ollie's. I'd like to just clarify that up front. We're not sponsored by anyone. Um, (laughs) But it's a really cool store. Like, I always go in there, and, you know, Penny and I try to make it a habit to go in there like, once or twice a month just because they always get a bunch of like i guess surplus items that other stores aren't selling or just had extra of and can't get rid of you know i don't i don't really know how they get their supplies um but it was kind of cool seeing some of the star wars stuff they had and in there they happened to have a star wars trivia book with 2500 questions in it um and that's only for the first six movies. It doesn't actually include... It was printed before the sequel trilogy came out, um, or Solo or Rogue One. So it's all just the first six. Um, So we're going to do all 2,500 questions tonight, so hang in there with it. No. (laughs) Neither one of us have the time or energy to work through that. But I figured I'm going to throw a couple your way and see if you know the answers. Yeah, I make no claims of being a, a Star Wars genius. I am the emotional half of the, the group here, so uh, <laughs> let's let's give it a shot, though. Let's see if I can do it. All right, so question one is from the Phantom Menace era. Okay. And it says, Who said, quote, You were right about one thing, Master. The negotiations were short. A, Anakin Skywalker. Obi-Wan. B, Qui-Gon Jinn. Yep, it's C, Obi-Wan Kenobi. That was a softball. Yeah. There are some in here that are not. Like, there are some I've read through, and I'm like, I have no idea what the answer is to that. So, it'll be interesting to see for sure whether I can come up with answers at some point. All right. So, the second one is going to be from the Attack of the Clones era. And it says, according to Anakin Skywalker, from what nightmare did he rescue Obi-Wan Kenobi? A, a nest of Gundarks, B, a nest of crate Dragons, C, a nest of Dewbacks, or D, a nest of Tusken Raiders. A, Gundarks. Yep, yep, you are correct. Look at you. 
See, you were worried you weren't going to know anything. I will admit that multiple choice helps. It jogs my memory. Yeah, well, I'm not giving you multiple choice anymore. No, you need to. No. Nah. <laughs> All right, question number three, Revenge of the Sith. On which planet was Commander Bakara when Order 66 was executed? I don't even know who that is. A, you don't? No, I have no idea who that is. No way. Let me look him up. No, you can't look him up. That's cheating. I won't, I, I just want to see his face. I already told you I don't know. A, Felucia. B, Megiddo. C, Kashyyyk. Or D, Coruscant. I don't know the answer. Felucia was Bly with Ayla Secura. Coruscant, I think at the time, was Fox. I could be wrong on that. Um, Kashyyyk's the one I'm not... I think Kashyyyk was Gree with Yoda. I think it was Gree. And Megiddo was Bakara. So B was the answer. Yeah, I would I don't know who this and is. And he was there he was there with um Kiati Mundi. Okay. If I remember correctly. Could be wrong, but I think that was him. He's the one who shot Kiati Mundi down. Gotcha. Alright, a new hope era. Question number four. Who was jokingly called Wormy as a youngster? A Luke Skywalker, B Han Solo, C Princess Leia, D Owen Lars. Wormy, huh? I don't know. The answer is A, Luke Skywalker. I mean, that would have been my guess. I actually didn't know that one. I've never heard the term wormy, so I don't know if it was in one of the novelizations. Um, but now I'm going to have to look it up. Yeah, if it's from a book, out. I have no hope. <laughs> no, you should have a new hope. <laughs> I you just need to read. Well, I need to start <laughs> that. Yeah, you do. Speaking of which, if you guys have any suggestions for Kevin, he is far behind when it comes to Star Wars literature. So reach out to us and let us know. I know he tweeted a little while ago asking for some suggestions yep. and I've got a whole list for him that he needs to read. Well but you you don't you the first two come from you, so if other people that's have true. suggestions that's true. I want to be open. That's totally fair. Alright, question number five from Empire Strikes Back. Who was Echo Seven? A Luke Skywalker? B Carlist Reken or Reken I don't know how to pronounce his name C. Han Solo or D. Princess Leia B. No, it was C. Han Solo. Oh, man. Alright, did you Echo know that? Seven. That one I did. You did? Yep. I should have known that it wasn't B because you didn't know how to pronounce the name. <laughs> yeah, that's probably fair. If I pronounce the name correctly and it's a name you haven't heard... It's probably the answer. Yeah. <laughs> All right, last question, Return of the Jedi era. Who claimed that a maneuver at the Battle of Tanab was what promoted him to general? A, Luke Skywalker, B, Han Solo, C, Wedge Antilles, or D, Lando Calrissian? Repeat the question. Who claimed that a maneuver at the Battle of Tanab was what promoted him to general? Huh. He kind of says it boastingly, too, in the movie. Yeah. I'm going to say... Uh, I'm going to say Lando. Yep, that was correct. All right, so what did I... Yeah. I got three Wait. out of six? Yeah, that's not too bad. I'm jot it down. So when we get all, what do you say, 2050? <laughs> I want to see my yeah, percentage. That's right. 2,500. Okay. You're about 450 short there. Well, we're going to get but. through all of them, and I want to see how many I know. Three out of six. <laughs> all right. Yeah, keep score. I'm not. Hall of Fame That's way player. too much. So, yeah, I thought that was kind of a fun book that I found. I, I always stumble across something. Like, at one point they had one of those, like, foam cutout boards where each page is, like, different pieces of uh, ship, and it was the Millennium Falcon, so I built that and put it together, and I've got it on display here in my office, and they've got all kinds of stuff, like, uh, one of my Mandalorian uh, artwork pieces that I've got hanging on the wall came from Ollie's, nice. so shout out to Ollie's for having a lot of miscellaneous, random, cool Star Wars stuff, but cool, so what we really wanted to talk about today, for the most part was our top favorite canon characters. We put together a list here of 
just, you know, if we were to take all the characters in canon and narrow them down to who do we, I don't want to say idolize, but look up to, who do we, you know, relate to the most, who do we just think is an, has awesome character development or just super badass skills, you know, kind of putting together our own little list. Um, I've got my honorable mentions. Kevin, do you have your honorable mentions? I have five. Yeah. Do you want to do those first? I think that might be fun. Yes. Yeah. We're going to count it down. So my honorable mentions, I've got Kanan Jarrus, Captain Rex, Commander Cody, Fives, and Wrecker. Interesting. What are your five honorable? In no particular order. Uh, The other ones are in order, but these ones are not. I have Luke Skywalker, Kylo Ren, Qui-Gon Jinn, Leia, and and Cassian Andor. Oh my. Okay. I feel well. Our lists I, are our lists are going to be very different. I figured they were, but I I mean I do <laughs> I do like the order of the list. My top five. Oh, that's awesome. All right. Well, okay. So who is your number five? Number five is Din Djarin. No way! Yep. I got that one on number five. Yeah, cool. that's my number five. Interesting. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, so for me, most of my favorites are force users. Like I, I just I can't get away from the my favorite idea of being able to wield the force and, you know, being able to jump high and run fast. And, you know, obviously the force is so much more than that. And, you know, force users get a lightsaber. So that, that kind of puts them in my top tiers, but Din Djarin also has a lightsaber. True. That's true. (laughs) He's got the dark saber, man. And then he's also got his really cool, badass spear made out of Beskar that can also, you can wield it against the lightsaber. But I, I had to I had to pick at least one Mandalorian like character, um, because everyone else is force user straight across the board for me. Same. Yeah, he's so. the, the next four are all force users for me. And he's a dad, and I, I just I relate to that so well. At least I relate to his fathership better than I do someone like Vader. <laughs> Vader's a bad dad. He's not a good dad. Yeah. Someone who blows up his daughter's planet is not necessarily Rude. a great dad. Yeah, me it's too. Very rude. He's, an, he's an adoptive father, just like I am. Yep. All right, who's your number four? Uh, number four is Palpatine. Ooh, okay. I right. I know we disagree. I know you... I love Palpatine. I, I think he's pure... I can't stand he's him. He's pure evil, but he is pure genius. He knows exactly he is. what and who he is. But more importantly, what makes him great is he knows exactly what and who his enemies are, sometimes better than they know themselves. That's fair. And he will use that to crush you. You can hate him, but he is very impressive. So my number four is actually one of his apprentices. Can you guess who it is? I am going to guess Count Dooku. Yes. So Count Dooku, out of all the villains we have, and he's the only villain on my list, um, Count Dooku is my favorite villain, Jedi turned Sith, um, specifically because, especially as we're starting to see more with like Tales of the Jedi, and as I read some of the other uh, books that are out there that kind of cover some of his background, uh, he kind of does see some of the flaws in the Jedi Order. Um, now, he takes that to a huge extreme, and instead of working to try and improve the Jedi Order, he leaves and you know goes dark side, which is not cool. But, you know, he kind of calls out these issues with the Jedi Order. Instead of being servants of the Force, they have become slaves to the Republic, and specifically the Senate. Not even the Republic, but the answer to the Senate. And I think that's an issue. And I think there are a lot of Jedi at different points in time who kind of recognize that, like another one on my list that I'll get to later, um, that kind of recognize that being an issue. And they've gotten further away from who they truly are, what their where their roots truly lie. Yep. So Count Dooku is by far my favorite villain. Dooku's plus I love the actor. Like Christopher Lee was just phenomenal. Yeah. He's a phenomenal bad guy. I, I can't dislike him as a bad guy because he's just he's so good at it. Dooku was a villain to me that never truly seemed like a villain. And I know that a lot of people talk about it like he never went full Sith and I don't believe that. I, I, he definitely he definitely had his moments, but I think at his core, he wasn't he wasn't ever trying to do the wrong thing. I think he just got twisted. 
I don't know. I, I think at times he was trying to do the wrong thing. Like, but I think I think originally he was kind of disenfranchised with Jedi Order for maybe honorable reasons or you know right reasons. But in that process, the dark side kind of took over, and he he really slipped into that. He got scooped up. Yeah. All right, number three, who you got? I have who I think you were hinting at in your in your previous one, but my number three is Ahsoka Tano. So that's not who I was hinting at, but she is my number three as well. <laughs> very interesting. Man, it seemed like yeah. our lists were going to be very different, but they were really kind of following the same... I... So far, yeah, we've kind of got some similar... We did not plan that, by no, the way. We, we didn't talk about this before. We just said, hey, let's come up with our five favorites individually and we'll talk about them and why they're our favorites so why is ahsoka your number three so ahsoka is my number three i kind of debated on whether to put qui-gon here because to me ahsoka and qui-gon i like them for similar reasons um right but ahsoka in a lot of ways is what i always hoped anakin would become they share many Mm. of the same qualities but ahsoka had this sense of morality that anakin just didn't have when when things would go sideways ahsoka always leaned into that side of things and let it shape her next steps whereas anakin Mm -hmm. really was never never able to learn how to control his emotions and he would just i saw i saw a funny meme i'm sure it's gone around and you've seen it but um it was the caption was the entire star wars saga summed up in one sentence and it was uh from phantom menace with the the two-headed I don't know what he was, what his name was, but the two-headed announcer going, Skywalker, Skywalker spinning out of control. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's true. I mean, that is pretty much the prequels and original trilogy is just Anakin's losing his crap. But that's that's (laughs) why I love Ahsoka is because she she does have that emotional side of her, but she always falls when things get tough. No matter what, she falls back on that sense of morality that she has, and it guides her and it doesn't really lead her astray very often. Well, and for me, like, the end of episode or season six of Clone Wars is really what solidified her as one of my all-time favorites because her ability to know what's best for her and walk away from the Order, which is pretty much all she's ever known, you know, it's something that very few Jedi have ever been able to do without succumbing to the dark side or, you know, something similar but for her to be able to step step away and say hey i'm sorry but this is no longer for me you know you guys didn't believe me you didn't trust in me and i've got to figure out what my life holds for me now and follow the force and how it guides me and then of course we see her later on in like rebels and in mandalorian and she's pretty badass and she never slips into the dark side she's that she's kind of that beautiful middle ground you know, she's a Jedi. I would I would argue, I would argue that she's probably like either a true Jedi, depending on how you want to define true. Like I argue that the Jedi Order has got it all wrong, um, in a lot of ways. But you could say she's a gray Jedi, and I know there isn't really any canon for gray Jedi technically, but that's how I kind of look at her. I think she's she's perfectly in the middle, um, leaning towards the light, never succumbing to the dark, but also not fully adhering to the strict rules of the jedi Um, that's kind of why i have i was debating between that's the similarity that i think she has with qui-gon is jedi mm -hmm. yes but trust in the force overall you know don't get caught up in the rules and the politics of things and uh right you know they both did that really well I would. I don't know if I'd call her a gray Jedi because don't. I don't think. I don't. You. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think I can remember any instances where she used the dark side of the Force in any way. Well, I don't think gray Jedi means you have to use the dark side of the Force. You just. It's kind of more of a position, philosophically, I would say, where you argue that there can't be any light side of the dark without the dark. You know, versus like the whole Jedi Order has been hellbent basically on trying to destroy the Sith, essentially destroying the dark side or the dark side users. And I think she come, you know, I think gray Jedi kind of fall more into the understanding that 
the force has a balance. There is dark and light, and you can't have one without the other. And truly, as a force user and wielder, our, our goal is to be guided by the force rather than ideals, if that makes sense. All right, well, how do you define true Jedi, then? That's a good question for another time. I don't think we'll have enough. I'll write this down, because we'll talk about it at some point. But I've got a quick answer. Uh, okay, what's your answer? It's when you collect enough studs in Lego Star Wars. <laughs> All right, you got me. That is that is accurate. I mean, yeah, you do become a true Jedi when you get that. I think they turn blue, don't they, as they're going across the screen? Yeah. Yeah. That was a little bit of a throwback. Yep. Man, I miss... I miss the OG Lego Star Wars. We can get True Jedi in the new one. Yeah, but the new one just doesn't hit the same. No, it doesn't. I don't know what it's it was. cool. I mean, they're different. It, it was fun. Yeah, it's very different. Like I, just like the Battlefront remake, it was. It's fun, but it's not what I was hoping for. Yeah. So it doesn't hit that nostalgia factor for me. Yeah. But anyway, that's a rabbit hole. <laughs> Who's your number two? You go first. Okay, my number two is a two-way tie, and I know you're going to shoot me for this. Okay. <laughs> Because I, I always have this thing where sometimes I can't really decide, so I'll pick two. <laughs> so uh, it's a two-way tie between Qui-Gon Jinn and Luke Skywalker. Okay. I know who your number one's going to be then. Yes, you do. <laughs> Anyone who knows me should know what my number one is um, if they know it. Just to prove it, I just... won't reveal it, but the item that you just purchased. Yep, okay. yep. <laughs> so... Number two, I couldn't, I couldn't, I genuinely couldn't decide between these two. And I, I kind of had to look at it as. It's not fair, do, though. Which, which characters do I have the most Funko Pops of? <laughs> like, that's, I kind of had to look at it that way, because I, like, you know, I'd have more Qui Gon if I could, but they've only come out with a few, and, like, one of them's, like, a thousand bucks. And if I'm going to drop a thousand bucks, it's not going to be on a Funko. <laughs> so. Uh, it will be on other things, which we can talk about at some point. But um, Qui-Gon Jinn, for similar reasons to Ahsoka, I think, and especially now that I've read more about the Padawan book, you know, I've read through the Padawan book, I've read through Master and Apprentice, and I've really gotten another or a deeper understanding for who Qui-Gon was and how he kind of operated. And, you know, he I don't know if you knew this, but according to Master and Apprentice, he was actually offered a seat on the Jedi Council. And Master Yoda didn't agree with it, but enough of the council members did that he adhered to the rest of the council. But he he actually came to decline it. I did know that. And so I I didn't know that until reading this book, which was really, really cool to see that some of the Jedi might have had the same ideas or ideals regarding the Force and kind of their position within the Republic and how they should be serving um, rather than serving the Senate, serving the Force and, and the people. And so Qui-Gon is just, I've got a new appreciation for him. And then Luke is just a, a fantastic character, and I'm really excited to get more into the EU, Luke, um, just because there's so much cool stuff out there. Um you know, Last Jedi Luke was, I think we can agree that maybe it wasn't what we were hoping for. It was a little bit of a disappointment. Um, yeah, but, you know, Luke as a character, I love his development in the original trilogy. And, you know, especially from what I, what little I know about him in the EU, like, dude's a badass. Yeah. He, he is incredible. And I'm really hoping we're going to keep seeing more of him, um, Probably, I don't think we'll see him in Mando 3. I really don't. But I think we're going to see him in Skeleton Crew. Maybe Ahsoka, but I definitely think we're going to see him at some point in Skeleton Crew. I think that makes sense. So. <laughs> I just got to say, wait, that's ridiculous. You, you didn't give me a top five. You gave me a top six. So it's it's this conversation that we've had for years now around your football teams, too. you got to pick, man. I can't you pick gotta between pick. the two. I'll, I'll just have to drop Mando out. Yeah, that's it. He's now, Mando's now an honorable mention per shame. Kevin. What a shame. Well, not per Kevin, per the rules that we no, set up. No, it's per Kevin. No, it's I per followed Kevin. the rules. That's what I, 
Um, I'm not going to... I want you to go next because I don't want to steal your thunder for your number one. Okay. Because it's my well, number my two. Number one, my number one... Oh, Oh, well, then I know who your number one is, and I'm very disappointed, but not surprised. <laughs> um, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Daddy Kenobi is, Yikes. you know, the best. Space Jesus, like, dude's awesome. The only thing I don't like about him is that he's he's such a perfect Jedi as the modern Jedi in the prequel trilogy wanted you to be. Um, but he's a great great guy he's smart he's witty he's uh you know the negotiator i mean it's so awesome to see how he resorts to talking um as his go-to rather than instantly wanting to grab a lightsaber and slash people you know which i think most of us if we were in a tense situation that would be our go-to because it's a lightsaber like negotiate with that you know parry this but you know, he really does use his mind and his intellect over his ability to wield a lightsaber. Though, he is excellent when wielding a lightsaber. So, he's really a fantastic character, and he's just, he's always been my number one. So, no matter what, Kenobi, till the day I die, man. Ride or die. I love, I love Obi-Wan. He, so like I said, I'm the emotional half of this group, and I love Obi-Wan because he's the one that tugs at my heartstrings the most. Um, he's always caught... He always seems to be caught between his duty as a Jedi and his personal attachments, which he yes. he tries to like pretend don't exist or he just doesn't talk about them, but they're obviously there. He's, like, he's halfway between Qui-Gon's sense of morality and connection to all aspects of the Force and Yoda's studious and regimented styles. He's, I think he's right in the middle. Um, Absolutely. He always understands what's asked of him, and is he's smart. He, he pulls it off. He always seems to pull it off. And when he couldn't, Anakin picked him up. Um, and where he lacked a natural ability, and he did, you know, it, it was everybody's always been clear that he wasn't the most talented. He made up for it in self awareness and studies. He understood where he wasn't so strong. And he played to his strengths. He always found a way to play to his strengths. Well, most of the time. He did, He, I'd say, uh, fighting Dooku the first time didn't really go that well. But that wasn't his fault. His strategy, Anakin didn't follow the strategy. Yeah, because Anakin's a turd. Um, but I love Obi-Wan. I, I just want to point out, well, I'll point this out after you reveal number one. <laughs> um, go ahead. But anyways, I... Obi-Wan, I think that he, I mean, as we saw, I felt so guilty for everything that happened. And I, it always makes me sad because I don't really think it was really much his fault. You know, he got handed this situation. He didn't ask for any of it, you know? No, he didn't. And he did the best that he could. He he truly loved Anakin. And, uh, you know, the amount of loss that that guy face right like he went through he's the poster child for not having personal attachments because he lost everybody yeah anyway well, and the fact that he's able to handle that whereas you know you look at someone like anakin and his losses and how he reacts to them you know yeah it's like night and day different you know if i were to lose you know my my master or my teacher whoever i was close to that i spent day and night with and then you know, lose my loved one, and then lose my brother. You know, it's like, ooh, shot after shot to the heart, and he's still managing to try and fulfill his duty. Yep. So anyway, go ahead and reveal your number one. So number one, and I will admit that the one and two do change a lot, but this is where it lies right now. If we do this again next year, it might, it'll might it probably be different. You know, it depends on the content that gets put out, too. Um, nah. But my number one is Anakin Skywalker slash Darth Vader. Mostly the Anakin mm. side, though. I love Darth Vader. Oh, you you got two characters. That's not it's fair. It's the same guy. It's the same guy. No, same Darth guy. Vader kills no, Anakin. No, no, no. Okay. He even says right, so. Obi-Wan. From a certain point of view. Get out of here. <laughs> Anyways, I love Anakin. The story, the tragedy, love how powerful he was, how hard he worked, but how in the end, no matter how powerful he became, 
he couldn't overcome his own inner demons that caused him to become Darth Vader. And I think that his story is as heartbreaking as it gets. But there's an element of nostalgia here. Because when I was a kid, um, I loved Anakin because he was like the young, fast, he was cool. Um, and Obi-Wan wasn't. He seemed... He definitely seemed older than he was. Like, I remember growing up thinking Obi-Wan was, like, middle-aged and, like, the old fart. But he really wasn't that much older. Um, no. But so I would I would fight my brother. Uh, we'd be in the backyard, you know, doing lightsaber fights. And I would always try to be Anakin. And I, re- I feel like I remember him always trying to be Anakin. But those were some fun memories. But I love... I love the duality of it, right? Like, Anakin is not a bad guy. Like, at his at his core, he's, he's not a bad guy. He loves super hard um, and is very afraid. And he's exactly what Yoda is talking about when, you know, he's training everybody and telling them, you know, fear is the path to the dark side. Well, this is exactly what happens. It's not the personal right. attachments, it's the fear of losing those attachments. And Anakin faced so much loss so young, he just couldn't escape it. And that's where people put the blame on Obi-Wan. And I guess I understand the point. It is a true point. I just don't think it's Obi-Wan's fault that Obi-Wan was not the the master that Anakin needed. He needed Qui-Gon. No. He wasn't equipped for that. I mean, he... He literally became a Jedi Knight and then took him on as an apprentice, like to fulfill a promise. Yeah, like he was not prepared for that whatsoever. Um, Most Jedi Knights would serve as Jedi Knights for at least a few years before even being considered or considering taking on an apprentice. So he was he was definitely not prepared for that. And Qui Gon, I think that's where Qui Gon plays into, you know being guided by the force more than the the rules and um you know discipline of the i mean he still practiced a lot of the discipline but specifically a lot of the rules um that the jedi order held just were unreasonable you know as a person you know from a humanity standpoint they they were not good rules and i think that strictness came from a fear of the dark side and i think that's what caused a lot of issues for Anakin um, and I think Qui-Gon would have been able to help him uh, cope with that a lot more than Obi-Wan was equipped for yep, for what sure. I was going to say is I was going to give you a hard time because I was going to say my number one beat your number one but then I started tallying it up and the Kenobi series changed that I guess it still would have been tied because he beat him on in Revenge of the Sith and then Darth Vader beat him in A New Hope. And uh, Kenobi tied it up. Yeah, so. it, you're, it's a valid point. Because even, even in A New Hope, Ben gave himself up on purpose. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Good point. Thank you for winning my argument well, for me. There's no, <laughs> my number one's better than yours. Yeah, I mean, there's no question that Obi-Wan wins against Anakin and slash Darth Vader, but it's it's because of what I'm talking about here. You know, no matter how powerful he became, he couldn't get out of his own way. Yeah, Anakin true. would Anakin would mop the floor with Obi-Wan if he would just stop thinking. Probably. Well, maybe. I'm gonna I'm gonna put that as a as a solid maybe. I don't think I don't think it's a maybe, honestly, because Anakin if Anakin didn't go down the path that he went down, it would have been it would have been it. He would have been the most powerful person in the galaxy. Yeah, I guess I guess that's right. He was supposed to be the most powerful Jedi. But he got in there. his way. Yeah. <laughs> and then lost all of his limbs. Yep. <laughs> what a loser. Yeah, for real. So I So those are our top five. What were you gonna say? I was just gonna say again how the the top two change. They go back and forth, but right now it's it's Anakin number one. Um, you know, especially after the the Obi Wan Kenobi series, those last two episodes, oh, so cool. Seeing seeing Hayden Christensen back, 
It just reawakens yeah, my, something in me. My top, like, four never really changes. So, I kind of... Personally, I like my top characters. I don't think I could ever abandon them or move them around. They are locked in place, but sometimes I'll change the last one. So those are our top favorite five favorite characters um, in canon. Um, let us know what you guys think. What are your favorite characters? Do you have a favorite character or characters? Would you be able to put them in a list? Are they all tied? I personally am okay with you having all of your top five favorite characters tied for number one. But Kevin, that would drive him nuts. No, 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 no. Don't, don't misrepresent me. I am okay <laughs> with them being tied for first as long as there's five of them. <laughs> oh, okay. Math is hard in the Rudder household, I guess. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> Ironically, it's not. It just <laughs> skips a generation. So oh, okay. my dad was good. I'm doing podcasts and killing bugs and then gene will be a brainiac we always want our kids to do better that's right yeah gene if you ever listen to this don't aspire to be a podcaster (laughs) do something with that's such a 90s insult way brainiac (laughs) i haven't heard that in so long (laughs) a little bit of a throwback there yeah cool so this week we had bad batch episode nine the crossing kevin what did you think about this episode um, I would call this episode mid-tier. I was interested, um, but there really was only one scene that grabbed me. The rest was pretty powerful. It was entertaining, right? But it wasn't anything crazy. Uh, it's an episode that I probably won't rewatch much. Uh, maybe later on this weekend I'll watch it again, but I don't feel like there's too, too much in there aside from the one arc that I did really enjoy, which was the tech and uh, Omega arc. I, it's clear throughout the season that they are with Omega. They're making it clear that she is feeling lost and she has no home. The group that she's become so accustomed to and considers her family uh, I wouldn't say they're breaking up, but they're changing, right? They lost Echo. Um, right. So she's she's kind of trying to figure out where she fits into all this stuff. And she's it's manifested in a few ways. But in this episode, she just was really upset. And you know, she expressed that to Tech, and he kind of was like, get over it, right? Like, this is life. And he's right. That's that's how they live, and that's the life that... that she has chosen to join in on, but it doesn't mean you have to say it that way. And she was, she got upset and, and she left and then they ended up talking. And I really found their conversation after they get out of the water. Um, it was pretty deep. So what I liked about it was tech really made an effort, right? He was trying to understand her point of view because it's clear that they're coming from two completely different angles, right? Like tech and the rest of the bad batch have just been on the run sort of for for a while. They don't have a home. They never, they had Camino, but they didn't really get attached to it because they were soldiers and, you know, they were wherever they needed to be. Whereas Omega, she lived on Camino. That was, that was where she spent, most of her life up until this and then she she meets this group that she finally feels like she fits in with because she never really had anybody even on Camino. I mean she had people but there was nobody that she felt was her group and she finds this and um, you know she latches on and she doesn't want to let it go. She's also a kid right she hasn't been through everything that the rest of the bad batch has and understanding how the world works which is why tech was kind of right. Like she has to get, she has to get used to this. But again, you know, maybe the, the fatherly instinct and how to communicate that wasn't quite there, but we saw it later on. We saw him trying to connect with her and understand her side. And, um, I, I don't think that he left understanding fully, but he left, um, maybe with a different appreciation. Sure. Well, his line where he goes, what is your issue? (laughs) 
I'm like, oh my gosh, did he just say that? No, he didn't. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I, I definitely think the rewatchability of it is not as exciting. Um, you know, it's not like episode three where they're just smashing clankers all over the place, you know, but I think there's a lot of good story development here, you know, because Omega has built this bond with this group of the Bad Batch, you know, she didn't really have much to do with Crosshair, um, but, you know, this is her first real experience of having a close relationship with anyone and having to lose someone, you know, that's, that's hard and that's tough because she very much looked at this, this tribe, this group as a family. And so, you know, definitely not easy. Um, I thought it was kind of interesting, you know, you kind of see in the beginning when the Marauder gets stolen, they just start bickering. Like, Wrecker and Tech go back and forth with each other. And something I realized is in some of the other episodes we've seen, Echo and Omega usually stay back at the shuttle. And so we're really feeling pretty much immediately their their first mission afterwards. I mean, when we look at the tribe episode with Gunji, who was it that was at the shuttle while the rest of the crew went off to to make the transaction? It was Omega and Echo. They were st they were the ones hanging out, and they're the ones who she heard Gunji, and ran off and then called for help from from Echo. And so Echo and Omega are the ones who initially helped rescue Gunji together. And so, you know, off the bat, they're already feeling his absence um, as he is often left with the ship. So, you know, you kind of have that kind of depiction, which I really liked. And I'm really interested to see who stole um, the Marauder. I've heard a lot of theories saying Sid's behind it, but I don't... Personally, I can't... I, I don't see any traction with that because they tell they they talk about it within the group when they land saying that they were supposed to look out for anyone who uh who might you know be a scavenger or you know i forget what they call but you know they're they're supposed to look for poachers poachers yeah and so they were warned ahead of time by sid to watch out and be on guard and so, you know, you get to the end of the episode where they're calling Sid for help, and I'm kind of torn. Like, part of me agrees with Sid, because it's like, she warned you guys, you guys left it unguarded. Like, Wrecker blamed Tech, because Tech parked it out of view, but Tech blamed Wrecker, because Wrecker was left in charge of watching out. And so, you know, you get that back and forth, and it's like, realistically, one of you guys should have stayed with the ship or at least kept an eye on it. So it's kind of on them, especially since she did give them that warning. But I really liked the line where Tech's like, need I remind you all the times we've rescued your sorry butt right. in all these situations? And I'm like, you know, that's a pretty good point. They've stuck out their necks for Sid. Every time. Without question. Every single time. Yeah, and it's like... For her to, to, for her, and then she, you know, she kind of goes, okay, 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 I get it. You know, you don't need to list them all off. And it's, I, to me, it's kind of like, actually, no, I think Tech should. I should, I think Tech should list off every single time they've had to rescue her butt and help her out of a tight situation. Like, yeah. so, dumb, you know, Sid. I'm, I'm kind of torn because part of me is like, yeah, I get, I think Sid's right. Like, they should have been better about this. They should have had a better plan. But on the same token, like, She's been rescued so many times, so it's kind of the least she could do for them. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. You know, Retrieval, obviously a lot of people think, based on the name Retrieval, is they're getting the Marauder back. So, I mean, I can't imagine Disney is getting rid of the Marauder, but they also shot up the Razor Crest in Season 2. So, <laughs> you know, I really don't know where they're at. All I know is I own a Lego set of the Marauder, and I'm not going to be happy if they blow it up or they lose it, because then I'm going to have to go buy whatever their next Lego set is, and then I'm going to have to own another Lego set and find another spot for yeah, it. Yeah, poor you. I just don't have the space, man. I'm running yeah. out. I mean, Me tax too. money just came in, and I have no space now. <laughs> I just I just bought the Razor Crest. 
So I'm getting ready to build that pretty soon here. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, I mean, it'll be interesting. I really liked the character development, you know, for Omega, trying to wrestle through these feelings and, you know, trying to cope with the idea of losing someone and in tech. I mean, he's had a couple of spotlight episodes where, like, he's really had to flesh out his character. And I love, like you were saying, like, I really love the the sit-down period for them where the two of them are waiting on Hunter and Wrecker. And, you know, he's like, yeah, I process things differently, but that doesn't mean I feel any less. And, you know, that was awesome to see, like, you know, because when I look at Tech, Tech is probably the closest thing to a living droid. You know, at least that I've seen so far. And, you know, I thought that was kind of interesting to hear him say that. Like, he feels the same. But, you know, you look at the contrast in between Omega and the other guys. The other guys are troops. Like, they're soldiers. They, they're kind of used to this sort of thing, or at least they're better prepared for it. Whereas she was not raised as a soldier. She was raised around soldiers, but she herself is not a soldier. Um... So, you know, it's it's just looking at how they process things differently um, and kind of figuring out how to come to a middle ground so that they're not stepping on each other's toes constantly. It's going to be a learning curve, and it's going to be very interesting to see how they continue to evolve and grow together um, through this. But I liked the episode. Um, if anyone calls it a filler episode, I'm going to come find you and have a very long talk with you because I think filler... The word filler just needs to be, like, I put it on the same level as the F-bomb. Like, I don't, I don't want to hear that word anymore. I'm so over hearing filler, filler, filler. Yeah. Like, don't watch the if show. You, yeah, if you, if you don't want these filler episodes, stop watching a kid's show. <laughs> that's all I got to say. Stop watching a kid's show. Because that's what this is. This is an animated kid's show, and if you don't want fillers, this ain't for you. Watch Andor. Yeah, Andor was fantastic. Yep. You know, go watch. I mean, I guess people could technically argue that there may have been a couple filler episodes here and there in Mandalorian, but I mean, still, it's at least better. It's more geared towards adults. So go watch Mandalorian. Go prep yourself up for Mando 3. But if you're going to watch Bad Batch, go into it knowing it's going to be like Clone Wars. You're going to have filler episodes. And they're not always going to be meant for you. Ironically, on the flip side, even though some might call this a filler episode, I think the depth uh, emotionally um, was much more adult geared, or at least young adult. Um, there's a lot of stuff there that kids probably may not relate to as much. Yeah. So. Well, you know what was one scene that I that I really liked was after Omega left, and she's like, "I need to be alone." Hunter and Wrecker were they didn't say it this way but they basically were like are you kidding me tech like that was you should try it again you have no yeah. no fatherly bone in your body <laughs> you screwed the pooch buddy yeah I thought it was that. funny for record it'll be interesting for record to be on your case like that you messed up yeah he for him to be able to pick up on something like that yeah you probably well and i think out of all of them wrecker probably has the best connection with omega like i i've seen them spend the most time together just in in general yeah um, he's childlike yeah he is he's got a, a childlike sense of humor he's easygoing laid back he kind of just likes adventure and kind of going on you know whatever Whatever mission Sid has prepared for them, he's usually game for it. Yeah. Unless it involves heights. You know, he doesn't like heights. But his childlikeness is probably why he is my favorite of the Bad Batch. Who's your favorite of the Bad Batch? Um, I don't really know. I, I definitely get excited when I see Hunter. I think he might be my favorite. But I do love yeah. Wrecker. That's so vanilla. Hunter's At least I know how to basic. count. All right, well, with that, that is uh, kind of our recap of the episode. We're really excited for next week uh, to see, again, what else is to come. And then the week after that, obviously, is a big week for us as Star Wars fans yep. because we're getting Bad Batch and we're getting Mando Season 3. 
So super excited for that. Uh, with that, Kevin and I have decided we're going to do a Mandalorian Season 3 bingo. So what we're going to end up doing, we've got a blank bingo sheet, and we will get free space. I'm going to give you free space in the middle, so you got one to start with. But we have to come up with at least five predictions, five things that we think we're going to see in Mando 3. And it can't be like, oh, we're going to see Bo-Katan. <laughs> like, it would have to be something like, oh, we're going to see Bo-Katan wielding the Darksaber, you know? Or, oh, we're going to see a Mythosaur, or, you know, stuff like that. Um, stuff that hasn't specifically been seen in the previews. Um, so, you know, we're going to come up with predictions, and we have to have at least five, and each prediction has to be in, like, organized in a way where you can't have two in the same row or column, if that makes sense. So you can't get bingo off of five spaces that have two of the same answer. Does that make sense? Yeah. So my goal is to come up with at least 10, because um, that'll give me some more variety of how to space them, but at least five. That gives us enough variety to try and mix it up on the bingo sheet. So we're going to do that, and then we're going to post them uh, next week and talk about them a little bit during the episode. And then we'll see, as Mandalorian Season 3 comes out, who gets bingo first. Do either of us get a bingo? No idea. But we're going to find out, and it's going to be fun. And if any of you guys want to play along with us, let me know. I will send you the bingo sheet, and you guys can fill it out and send them back to us. Uh, we might even do a contest. You know, maybe before Season 1 officially airs you guys send them back to us and we tally everything up and keep track of it as Mandalorian goes on um so you know we'll find out we'll see how it goes but let us know if you guys are interested in doing bingo with us let us know and we will make it happen so that's all we got for this week Kevin you got anything else to say no please send me those book recommendations I really I know um, I got one for, from uh, Real Farm Boy. Thank you very much for that. Uh, but I'd love to see what, what everybody else thinks, keeping in mind. Prequel era is my favorite, but I definitely am interested in some um, legends and or even canon loop content. Dude, Rogue Squadron. The Rogue Squadron books are so good so far. I'm on, I just finished. I just started book number one okay. like a day ago, and I just finished it today. And so I'm on book number two of the series, and it's Legends, so it's yeah. not technically canon, but it covers Rogue Squadron post-Battle uh, of Endor with Wedge and Phillies as its main commanding officer. Um, super cool. Super awesome book. Well-written. Nice. The voice acting in it is great. Shout out to Mark Thompson for doing a fantastic job. Um but yeah, it's it's so good. Arguably, out of my non-main character, you know, like Luke and and Obi Wan and stuff like that, like this is arguably my favorite Star Wars book series so far. Um, I think I'm gonna start with Brotherhood. Yeah, Brotherhood's a good one. I think you'll you'll really enjoy that one for yeah. sure because your top two favorite characters are the main characters well i also want to read that i have that comic series i have one of the comics from the obi-wan and anakin i really want to get more of those read them i've got all of them now i just recently went and bought i, I bought a lot of stuff this week <laughs> penny is our, our return came in so uh we put a good chunk of it in savings and she has been very patient and loving and gracious and kind and penny i love you i know you're not listening but maybe i'll get you to listen to this part but uh yeah she's been i just okay i'll tell you i just bought the legacy lightsaber set uh that disney put out for obi-wan where it comes with all three versions of obi-wan's lightsabers through the prequels leading up to a new hope um and each one of the lightsabers works with the blades that you get at Galaxy's Edge and Sabi's Workshop. And I am so excited. It comes in this nice collector's box, or a collector's box, I should say, not box. It comes in a collector's box. And I just said it again. Uh, anyway, it's it's just I I think I'm just so excited that I can't speak right now. Like I'm I'm absolutely thrilled 
to be getting this collection. Um, so I got that, and then I got some Legos and some comic books and some books. I just ordered, I just got the um, hardcover version of Brotherhood in today, so I can put that on my shelf. Nice. I'm going to try and limit my shelf collection of books to books that I just absolutely love. And then any of the ones that I was kind of like, eh, or didn't like, can just stay in my audiobook library. I like that plan. Yeah. It's a nice way to weed out the ones I don't like. So that's all we have for you guys this week. I hope you enjoyed. Um, we look forward to doing another episode next week. Also, last announcement I have. I totally meant to mention this earlier. Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central, Kevin and I will be live streaming with the Scarif podcast. I think it's actually called the Scarif Scuttlebutt podcast on YouTube. So go check them out. If you don't follow them already, follow them on Twitter. Start following their podcast. They've got some fun stuff. But Kevin and I are going to be uh, our, the special guest of the night. And we'll be talking about our relationship with Star Wars. Um, and kind of how we how we see things as fans, but also as content creators. It's kind of funny to hear that, because I never really think of us as content creators. But I guess that is technically what we are doing. We are creating content. So, it'll be fun. Come hang out with us. Talk a little bit. Get to know us. Get to know the Scarif crew. It's going to be a blast. But other than that, I hope you guys have a wonderful weekend and start to your next week. And as always, may the Force be with you. <laughs>